Hey, it's T. Frank. I have been knee-deep in the transfer portal since, well, since the Monday show when we talked about the transfer portal the first time. Um, things have started to take shape since then. And this is, by the time you're watching it, and by the way, it's uh, we're recording pretty late in the day because of everything, it's already outdated information. <laughs> but these are going to be my favorite players I've seen so far while watching film, trying to understand who might be a fit for Penn State and the transfer portal. We'll get to all of that on the Daily Edition. This is the BWI Daily Edition. I'm Thomas Frank Carr, riding solo tonight. Um, we're going to be going live more often now here in the offseason. We're working on some plans to make that happen. But as of now, uh, Monday is our only live show. But Wednesdays are shaping up that they might be one of those nights. Uh, tonight, of course, Penn State basketball is playing right now while you're watching that. So hopefully you've got them on mute and you're listening here on the YouTube channel. Um, there's a lot of stuff going on, like just so many different ways, like shotgun shells out of the end of the barrel. But we're going to try and get to a bunch of stuff and get the, to it in order um, so that you know what's going on with Penn State football. The first thing is that Devon Townley Jr., the latest Penn State Nittany line, to put his name into the transfer portal. That happened shortly before the show today, so wanted to make sure you know that information. So that's two Nittany Lions that have put their name into the portal at defensive end, and I believe that brings the total up to five so far. But again... <laughs> It's going to be one of those situations where by the, if you're listening to this tomorrow, all bets are off. Uh, also, our show today, we're doing the top five players that I've scouted so far in the portal that I like. So this isn't the best fit. This isn't me telling you these are guys that Penn State are going after. Um, it's a little bit of all of those things, but also it comes down to do I think they're good at football from what I've seen of them watching um, snippets of them on uh, my way through all the prospects that are pouring their name into the transfer portal. So that's the other thing that we need to know before we get started is that this is not a complete analysis. This is uh, kind of a thumbnail. Good at football, eh, maybe not so good at football on the first read. And then, you know, if they get a Penn State offer or if there's some serious momentum, we'll do a deeper dive once we know Penn State serious. This might actually happen in the transfer portal and give you the up-to-date information. But basically, this is the first read. You know, you're you're we're sight reading this and I got five players I really like and two I'm going to give you here in honorable mention. Um, the first one we're going to get to in honorable mention before we get into the countdown is a player that I think Penn State is uh, would be smart to be interested in. And that is Jeremiah Byers out of UTEP, probably one of the best football players we're going to talk about tonight. Right tackle um, and played very well for UTEP over the last two years. But uh, he's only got, I believe, one year or two years left of eligibility. He's been a starter at UTEP and is looking most likely for a starting spot. So really good run blocker, I think, would uh, would be seen as a upgrade over Caden Wallace, although I would not call it a slam dunk upgrade over Caden Wallace because if he was, Jeremiah Byers would be going to the NFL. He wouldn't be going into the transfer portal. So uh, a potential starter but a guy who's looking for one year at a Power 5 level, show what he can do, and then go on to the NFL. So the fit there kind of puts him down the board. Our last honorable mention player, I'm going to save until the end. So let's get into it. Coming in at number five in T. Frank's 
top five players that I've scouted so far here uh, on the transfer portal. Jalen Knighton comes in at number five. Fun story about Jalen Knighton. Uh, before I was hired at Blue White Illustrated, I did freelancing work for a couple of sites, and one of them was the Miami Hurricanes. And uh, one of the one of the projects I was given was, hey, tell us which one of these young running backs is best. One of those players was Jalen Knighton. Jalen Knighton, uh, as a freshman, tons of potential. The issue, obviously, other than Mario Cristobal being the, the head coach at Miami and a transition from Manny Diaz, has been it just hasn't really all come together for the uh, top 150 player of the class of 2020. Former Penn State prospect that uh, Jay Wan Sider, another Florida running back that Penn State was interested in, ultimately chose Miami. He's now in the transfer portal with another one of their backs. So uh, not great retaining talent for Miami, although after this past season, I don't know that anyone uh, would be surprised by that. But Jalen, make no mistake, Jalen Knighton is a good football player. I'd put him kind of in a Devin Ford category. One of the things I learned about him watching him, a great contact balance, really good speed, and really good agility, making players miss, and breaking tackles. But, you know, 5'10", 190 pounds is where he's listed from Miami. Never really developed into that all-around back. So, the reason he's in here at number 5 is he is a good football player, but can Penn State convince him to come and uh, be in the backfield with Catron Allen and Nicholas Singleton? Both those guys are the top-line starters. There's no questioning that. Uh, this is where fit comes in. And Penn State has to convince him that, you know, you're going to be part of the three-man rotation. That is not what we wanted to do last year with just running two running backs throughout the season. Um, and all of this, by the way, is pending. Well, another reason he's number five is if Kevon Lee transfers. Right now, Penn State's totally fine. They have three running backs. They have three quality running backs, including a guy like Kevon Lee that brings a lot of value as a bigger physical player with developing vision and instincts and, and agility and all of those things. So they're set. But if something happens, um, Jalen Knighton would be a, a great addition to the backfield with a level of skill in the same conversation as the other guys. You know, he is not a guy that is coming out of that program and is not good and couldn't win the job. He never could take it over was really the difference. And they needed a guy apparently at Miami that needed to be the guy. And they never really got there. There were like 14 players that ran the ball uh, for Miami last year. So he's coming in at number five here on our list. And by the way, if you want to help us uh, tell people what's going on in the transfer portal for Penn State football, you want this to uh, continue to happen. You want me to get more voices and more people on the show? I need you to help me out, and that is by subscribing to Blue White Illustrated on YouTube. If you're watching this because you want up-to-date portal news, bluewhiteillustrated.com is your place to get it instantaneously. We're getting it to you daily here on the Daily Edition, so subscribe to YouTube so you don't miss any of our videos, including the Daily Show when we go live or when we're here. Um, and like the video. Super helpful when you do that. Now, this next guy is going to be on the all-name team wherever he goes. That is Yusuf Magarbel. Now, you've never heard of Yusuf Magarbel. I promise you, you've never heard of this guy. He's a redshirt freshman from Florida. He is an offensive lineman. We're going we're gonna to stick with linemen for the moment. Um, he really hasn't played over the last two seasons with the Gators. Recruited by Dan Mullen. 
Billy Napier came in, and whenever there's a coaching change, that's when I start to look of, okay, good football players that don't fit anymore, they might leave the program. That is what McGarble would be for Penn State. I, I believe Phil Troutwine previously recruited this guy class of 2021, by the way. So like their senior season in 2020 for most of them gone and a lot of challenges in recruiting, a lot of diamonds in the rough, a lot of guys, maybe that went under recruited a lot of that situation in the transfer portal this year, a lot of makeup in that right now. Uh, the good news is because I don't have, you know, with some of these guys, Jalen Knight, and I can't show you the highlights because they're, TV copy and that would be very bad and I'd get in trouble but you know high school highlights here we go I love watching this dude uh play football there's tough players there's physical players and then there's players that have violence in their heart and that is Yusuf McGarble I I know that by watching his huddle highlight tape from his senior season two years ago the question here is fit and position so clearly, I think he is a guy that has talent and value. But is that a tackle or guard? Penn State doesn't have a ton of space. He would be a worthy addition, but they are prioritizing, and they should be prioritizing tackles, especially right tackle. Could he play right tackle? His body and everything I'm seeing here says guard. But, you know, that's where you got to find out what's going on with him, where he's developed, maybe where he hasn't developed. And what are the reasons as a redshirt freshman that he's transferring? Was he just simply beyond not good enough? Or is it what we described earlier? And that's where the portal investigation and all that stuff happens. So under the radar, Yusuf McGarble. And if he was with Olu Fashanu on the same offensive line, that is an amazing all-name team. And I apologize, I can't pronounce Olu's full first name, which would make it much better. <laughs> but that is our number four player, is Yusuf McGarble. I just want to keep saying it all over and over again. I don't even care if I'm pronouncing it right. Yusuf McGarble is a fun word to say. Okay, let's get into number three. And this is a name that I think if you've been following even casually in the transfer portal conversation, you would find this name coming up regularly. A Johnny Cornelius played at Rhode Island. Now, uh, he, by the other than not having any photos of him online for me to use uh, for our graphics department, he is a up-and-coming player, and he is a player that has a ton of potential and several years of eligibility left and he is a right tackle so he fits a lot of the bill if you want to play Caden Wallace this year if he comes back and you want him to be the starting right tackle Johnny Cornelius could rotate in he could be a part of whatever combination along the offensive line you want to have and then he has the the opportunity to next season after this you know 2023 compete for a starting position at right tackle he is a developmental prospect despite his uh clear upside 65 315 he needs polish in a lot of areas pass protection is one of them but watching him against pitt and seeing him play and not give up pressures i mean that's why he's where he is dominating his level of competition and looking clearly like he belongs at uh, at the Power Five level when he played those teams. Uh, several years he's played at Rhode Island, so he's still got some eligibility, COVID situation, all that stuff. It makes all this very murky, but it does give flexibility to some of these players heading into the portal that they have more than just one year of eligibility. I love the way he recovers in these situations. 
Um, one of the things in previously talking about Byers, the, the UTEP offensive lineman, was I was a little surprised. Kind of a weak anchor. And, and again, these are thumbnail scouting reports. I haven't done a deep dive on all of these players because I don't have a time machine. Haven't been able to stop and see all of them, which is also why um, the, the latest one, Terry Roberts, that Penn State offered this uh, afternoon is not included on our list because I just I haven't gotten there yet. I had to eat lunch and uh, make this video and do all the research for these guys. So we'll be getting all of that updated at bluewhiteillustrated.com. Uh, that's the other part of this, by the way, is that uh, we are going to be updating all this information, all these players, and the ones I haven't told you about over at bluewhiteillustrated.com. Potential portal fits. I'm doing that every single day. I'm I'm scouting these guys and giving you uh, the players at the positions that Penn State would need. But back to Cornelius. Um, he he did a great job of redirecting, seeing stunts, smart football player. Everything you're looking for, good feet, good agility. I think he's a pure tackle. I don't think he's a tweener of any kind. Um, very good run blocking potential. That's another thing of really good run blocking potential. Had some good highlight run blocks against Pitt. So everything's there. It's going to be convincing a guy like that that you're not going to come in and start right away. And uh, you're going to be here for more than one year before you go to the NFL draft. Other teams might promise more stuff. NIL is going to get involved. When it comes to tackles, this is what Sean Fitz and this is what everyone else, Nate Bauer, myself, we've all been saying. When it comes to these high-profile players, NIL is going to be a big part. It's going to be full recruiting, NIL, all those things. So it's got to be a good fit. Penn State uh, is, I think, a good fit when you look at the players they've been able to take from lower levels and incorporate into the offensive line. The guys they've developed, the way the offensive line has improved, Olufashanu being a top five pick before he was even ready to go to the draft. All those things are upward trajectory things for Phil Troutwine. Getting some of these guys from the transfer portal to buy in and come in and, and be a part of the Penn State offensive line that's another step. Last year, when they were able to go out and get Hunter Norzad, that was a huge win. That's going to pay dividends this coming season as well. Continuing that flow of veteran or at least older offensive linemen, at least one, right? That That's going to be the, the bedrock is going to be your recruiting classes. But Penn State right now missed on some of their top tackle prospects. They need to find a tackle, whether it's Juco or the transfer portal, this is where you're going to uh, you're going to get those big wins in recruiting. So let's step back one second and let's talk about the portal needs. And if you haven't noticed, I really enjoy that particular graphic to start. So wide receiver is uh, what we're going to get to next. But here are the positions that we've discussed over the last couple of weeks with the transfer portal and Penn State football. Um, receiver is the biggest need, but we uh, have mentioned offensive tackle. Defensive tackle is another place where there are not a lot of guys. I've had people ask me on the BWI message board, hey, what about the other defensive tackle prospects? There's a lot of guys that have played that are looking for a new home because they weren't the starter. And that's been the, uh, that's going to be the frustration is that I don't... When you find a Derek Tangelo or you find a, another defensive lineman that comes in and provides value, you have found something special because that they're, they are few and far between in the transfer portal. They are either going to the draft or they're staying with their team. And that's why you got to find some of these... Guys that slipped through the cracks in 2020, maybe, 
um, or you know, a guy that is leaving from a coaching change or a Division three prospect moving up and wants to find uh, a new home at the Power 5 level. But receiver, defensive tackle, running back, cornerback, those are the groups that I'm scouting from. Those are the ones we're prioritizing, although it's not exclusively those. There's a couple other positions that we've highlighted because of players that fit some of the profiles we're talking about. Okay, so the top two players and our honorable mention. Coming in at number two, I love this dude. Dominic, love it. He is from Missouri, and this is another player that we're talking about the class of 2021. Uh, he was a Taylor Stubblefield target during the 2021 class. He went to Missouri. This dude is about 5'10", 175 pounds of pure electricity. They used him in the slot this year, but more importantly, they used him as their jet sweep, orbit motion, gadget player. The dude that's just floating around the backfield. So... According to PFF, 39% of his targets came behind the line of scrimmage. The other 30-ish percent, 36%, came on deep passes. 496 yards on deep passes last season. That's half his yardage. So, big-time player without maybe the big-time size, but the number one thing I'm looking for in the class, uh, this recruiting class coming through the transfer portal is speed. They need speed. They've got young guys with speed, but they don't have a lot of proven guys that have been productive on the football field that bring that. And while Mitchell Tinsley was great this past year, there was an element, Parker Washington, Mitchell Tinsley, Brenton Strange as your top targets, Theo Johnson, even your fastest tight end is not as fast as an elite speed receiver. And whether he is a number one receiver, and I don't know that he's a K.J. Hamler type of player, nor should he be, but that danger, that speed element, is something that Penn State needs. They need to be ha have the threats at multiple levels of the field. Now, the quarterback does have some say in that, and there were times that Mitchell Tinsley was open this year where he didn't get the football. So I want to make sure that we're fair about all of that. And Penn State's going to have a new quarterback this year. So having the weapons around him to succeed, having a security blanket receiver, having the deep guy, having guys that are going to win. Like, let's just stop there. Guys that are going to win when you throw them the football. You want to give him as much confidence as possible, and having veteran players around him is a great way to do that. Guys that you feel like aren't going to make mistakes and that you know more about. So the young guys, Penn State's uh, up-and-coming players, are great. By the way, Christian Driver, my dark horse, I think he, he can be an awesome receiver. Some of the stuff he did in high school I was very excited by, and I was a little bummed that he played defense his first year, but now he's moving over to receiver. So getting some guys that are ready to produce right now that's, to me, priority number one when it comes to the portal and speed as a subcategory of those receivers. Love it has a lot of it. And the good news for the Nittany Lions is there's a lot of guys out here. Dante Cephas is not on our list. I'll just rip the Band-Aid off there. Um, but there's a lot of guys that can produce when we're looking at this portal list because there's a lot of receivers in college football. Um, okay, let's get to our number one and our honorable mention. Here's number one, T. Frank's number one player in the transfer portal that I've scouted this week that I really liked, and that would be Dorian Singer out of Arizona. Uh, led the Pac-12 in receiving yards, I believe. He had uh, over 1,000 yards receiving, and 
in a lot of ways reminds me of a Devonte Adams, Stephon Diggs type of receiver. He's a little undersized. I think if he if he were to go to Penn State, they would ask him to get a little bit bigger and stronger, which would be good for him. Um, and the hands, the route running, the separation ability, and the catch point ability is awesome. And again, thumbnail scout. And this is kind of where, are you good at football? Are you not good at football? This was the dude when I watched film that I went, this guy's really good at football. His hands are crazy, and his ability to come down with contested catches, he caught 50% of them last year, which, by the way, when we talk about 50-50 balls, those aren't actually 50-50. Most of the time, the receiver doesn't catch it because it's not that the receiver or the DB doesn't catch it. It's that the receiver or the DB catches it or it falls to the ground or nobody catches it. So Singer catching 50% of those is great. 24 receptions and contested coverage, not so much. So good speed. You know, I, I just harped on it for about two minutes that speed's really important. Good speed, not elite speed. But when it comes to being really good at the position, getting off of press, he is so smooth in his release at the line of scrimmage, he's hard to jam. But he does need to get bigger. He does need to add more to his game in terms of playing through contact in the route. And Penn State's got a couple guys that, that already have that profile. So that's a bit of a concern. But when you look at his, uh, what I just said for, for, essentially Drew Aller, right? Assuming that Drew Aller is the starting quarterback next season after this open competition that's going to happen in the spring. You need a security blanket. I'm going to throw it up to number five, and he's going to go get it. And this is what I'm talking about of crazy catches I watched on film, of watching probably half an hour, like not getting in deep and stuff. And I saw two or three where the ball is in the air. He's just the body control in the air, the ability to come down with the football uh, with a guy in traffic so that's not the the point of adding strength and all those things it's making him a dominant number one receiver which from what i saw is something he can be he's got electric agility and i think he can get faster if he gets bigger and stronger i think he's 180 pounds maybe at six feet tall so you know he can get up to 190 pounds there's room on his frame to be a little bit stronger while still remain remaining lean and you know, focusing on all the things that he, he wants to be as a, as a route runner. Um, the other thing is position versatility. Played inside, played outside in that in a spread offense, so he has the versatility to run routes from the interior and from outside, which Penn State was pretty static with Parker Washington being the primary slot receiver, but they do, you know, motion to big sets with the tight ends out wide and things like that. If they want to evolve that, they can, where they can have more guys inside more often that gets a little harder if you're still playing two tight ends um and having like truly three or four receiver sets where you've got your primary target on the inside but you can do it what i'm saying is he's got the versatility to do that and whatever else you might want to do so those are my top five players that i watched and i know what you're saying some of you that have been watching this show for a couple weeks now are pulling your hair out you're calling me dumb in the comments you're saying that i don't know what i'm talking about because dorian's uh, because dorian singer was number one and it was not dante thornton from oregon and listen i'm always willing to be wrong about stuff i'm always open to the idea that the, I, I there's something i've missed watching him play football I was a little concerned, not about the athleticism, about the football part. Watching him catch the football looks hard. 
So aside from the big plays, which, you know, let me give you a stat line for him. Four catches, 148 yards against Utah, and two fumbles. And, uh, you know, the drops, only two drops. I don't want to kill him and say that his hands are bad. But what I'm saying is when the ball is in flight, he struggles tracking it naturally. He struggles with catching it cleanly. He can catch it cleanly. He can stab it out of the air, but it's not consistent. So, 6'5", 200 pounds. He's absolutely one of the top targets. But maybe this is just me being hot takey or me wanting to get you all riled up about not putting him number one. He's not the best football player I've watched play football in the transfer portal. Now, he can get there. That's the whole point of coaching and giving him the opportunity. And, and again, it's, it looks like a big 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, he is the guy that can do that. The other part is... He's a deep threat, and you don't need to have overwhelming speed to be a deep threat. He has good speed, and he's 6'5", so he chews up ground a lot. But if we're talking about, I don't know that he's Calvin Johnson, I guess is what I'm saying. is, you know, His recruiting profile went to Oregon, track athletes, putting two and two together. Maybe that's on me. He's got good speed, is what I'm trying to say. So he is a target. He's a guy that Penn State is probably prioritizing. But if, it comes, if he comes here to Happy Valley... And there is a bit of an adjustment curve because he's still learning to be a natural receiver. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, you know, with those tools and it not working out at Oregon, those are that's why we're doing the scouting. That's what we're going in trying to find out why. Um, so that's our show for today. Those are the top five players. And really, we talked about like seven or eight. So you're welcome. Um, but we'll be back tomorrow. With Sean Fitz and Nate Bauer taking over the daily edition for their Thursday show. We'll have more portal talk. I promise you. There's going to be uh, just Blake portals everywhere. Everyone's talking about all the por- I don't know if that that was terrible. I'm sorry. <laughs> but they're coming up on uh they're coming up on Thursday and then a special guest on Friday. Class of 2023 quarterback commit Jackson Smolick. He's coming up to Happy Valley for his official visit this weekend. And he sat down with us earlier this week to talk about his commitment to the Nittany Lions and his story about how he got from where he was as an unheralded prospect to one of the hottest quarterbacks this summer to a Penn State commit. So check that out Friday on the BWI Daily Edition. I'm Thomas Frank Carr. We'll talk to you tomorrow.